Welcome to On the Table, a podcast about board games, card games, and tabletop war games. Welcome back to the On the Table Gaming Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about Adepticon 2022 and an atypical style of play that's been generating a lot of buzz that uses a one NCU model. So to talk me through what went down at Adepticon, I'm joined by Mark Rupp. Mark, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Now, if you're new to A Song of Ice and Fire, you might not be aware of Mark Rupp, but he's been a top-level A Song of Ice and Fire player who's bucked trends several times in his career. We last talked to Mark on episode 27 after he went 8-0 and with the Free Folk at the 2019 Adepticon tournament with forces pulled together from starter boxes from Simon demo tables. And that is a great episode to go back and review. It was a different time for sure, but you were kind of doing the same thing. You were kind of uh, being a trailblazer. And that was a time when people didn't think the Free Folk were any good. You just had to go prove them wrong. And, and here we are. Uh, that was episode 27. It is now episode 126. So we're about 99 episodes later, ready to talk about this again. <laughs> So uh, I'm excited some things never change. Yeah, when I, when I looked at the uh, stats website and saw neutrals were the bottom tier faction, I, they were mandatory at that point. I had to bring them. Got into A Song of Ice and Fire with a Kickstarter, and I believe neutrals were your first love, right? Yep, yeah, I played neutrals before. I played Free Folk, and then when Free Folk showed up, I gave him a shot at that Adepticon. That was one of some of my first games with him. Yeah, and I think not only that, I think you, you had brought neutrals to Adepticon in 2019, right? Yep, yep. That was that was the faction I was going to try at the time. I ended up losing the game and not qualifying with them, but uh, Free Folk did it for me then. So it's been a while since the Kickstarter, and uh, it's cool to see you, you back at it with neutrals here. Has your relationship changed with the Song of Ice and Fire since, you know, uh, over these past like three years, four years? Not really. I mean, I've bounced around a bit. Um, Free Folk and Neutrals have been my two factions really the whole time. Yeah, same factions, same uh, same everything really. I, I play a lot of different games, but Ice and Fire is probably still one of my top games right now. It's been a really interesting couple of years here more recently with all the COVID lockdowns and things like that. So it must be fun getting back at it. Yeah, definitely nice to play in person again. It's, I know Brett and I have been joking about playing for years now, hoping to get a game in. After I took a Depths Con, then he was winning everything since. Well, not everything, but you know, Gen Con and um, other major events. And Yeah, well, it sounds like we got the show notes. So maybe before we get to that exact, that finals match, can you maybe give us like a big picture view of Adepticon? You know, I've never had the pleasure of attending. Uh, what was this event like in 2022? They have more Ice and Fire events this time, which is good to see. Um, Adepticon on the whole, I, I don't actually know how attendance was on the whole. Uh, I think the numbers for Ice and Fire were actually down compared to 2019. Uh, I don't know if that was COVID related or just by chance, but... Um, they, I mean, they actually just like literally just before this this recording here, they just posted all the the break, breakdown of all their events and who won what and et cetera, et cetera. They had that that first tournament called the Fist of the First Men, and then they had the team tournament, and they had a, a friendly tournament on the last day, and then they had the regionals that I uh, played and brought against, and then they had like some demo events and other things like that. But so plenty of opportunities to get games in. I played in the team event on Friday with my buddy Chris. And then Saturday, I played the main event. And I actually did originally sign up to play the friendly. Over the course of the weekend, I kind of discovered that the friendly was more meant, like, not just like a casual event, but more like a beginner's event. So I decided to 
a lot on that one. And you were like, I'm ready to crush them. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to bring some newer lists to me and like just have some fun with it. But um, even that would have been a little extreme probably for a lot of the guys that have it. So. You've got a, I think it's been come across from in our talk before as well, that you've got a, a pretty depth of wargaming experience here, like a, a really good foundation that sounds like it transfers over pretty well. Yeah, I've certainly played a lot of games. <laughs> Part of why actually why I like Ice and Fire so much because they blend so many genres of games um and ice and fire they do a really good job of it so you're running neutrals it's you know in 2019 you ran free folk so how do you pick your factions for competitive play is it based on just the faction that speaks to you the most or are you looking for certain things to help you go the distance i like playing the stuff that the internet pisses on (laughs) okay (laughs) because that was it i remember the the one the free folk thing was like everybody was down on free folk you can't win with them it's impossible and then you were you literally by scraping together from tables of like simon play stuff you were just like all right let's see (laughs) yeah pretty much i just want to do that again with neutrals this year and neutrals right they're not even a real faction here right i mean so they say (laughs) (laughs) just stir the pot a little bit um and so you know you 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 went for neutrals you've taken the thing that you feel like is the underdog and like i admire that i think that was originally what got me into free folk too is being like i want to play the underdogs although now i feel like they're they're quite strong yeah they're one of the best factions for sure which is why i didn't bring them for the main event i figured it's fine brought them to the main event and one who said it wouldn't prove anything so so you're looking to go out there and prove something yeah not not related to my own capabilities i want to prove stuff about game balance and what the internet thinks fantastic so back in 2019 you talked about being most worried i think this was like 1.4 um maybe it was 1.5 you talked about being most worried about the night's watch when you went to adepticon 2019 were there any factions you were worried about going into this tournament mm, you know baratheons actually are uh are kind of a tough matchup for my neutrals um, with the most recent wave of changes, the uh, the sheer amount of kind of counter strike damage they can do. My my neutralists are very very like super glass cannon. Um, so if I get final strikes or like hold the line things like that that just deal lots of hits and I don't get a chance to react to it, um, that is kind of bad news for all my stuff with six up saves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, that and I mean. Night's Watch are always kind of a concern, not necessarily because of the general internet beliefs of their power level, but more just the fact that I don't play against them like ever. Um, so that's still like an underrepresented faction in your community, you feel? Yeah, just in my immediate area where I happen to play. Uh, and since their play style is different enough, it uh, I need to try and get practice games in when I can against them, but betters don't get many. Nice. And as you're working your way through the tournament, uh, besides your final match, were there any matches that maybe had you sweating at certain moments? Oh, yeah. They, they all have their moments. I mean, the, the Vargo list that I run comes out pretty hot. It, uh, it tends to kind of decide games in round two very, very regularly. And fortunately, usually in my favor, but there are times when... Uh, it goes the other way. Um, I guess in the main events, my first two games were, were super one-sided. Um, I won both of those pretty handily. Uh, the Master Girls dropping a couple units start around two. Um, game three, I uh, played against Craig, and he opened by by double wanting uh, a charge. He needed a one to get, to get a successful charge. Excuse me. He needed a two to get a successful charge. He played the card for rerolls and double one did. Oh, oh no. Yeah. And amusingly, Brett actually did the exact same thing in our fourth game. Uh, but I wanted to be realistic and kind of uh, capitalize on it. I was playing to weather in that game rather than trying to table. But yeah, when, when Craig uh, missed that charge and was kind of a sitting duck from there, 
he certainly had chances to come back. There was some super swingy dice in that one. Um, I failed several charges after that, and then he passed some really good panic tests, and I passed some crazy panic tests. And I rolled just a lot of sixes on my best reels, keeping it alive. So it's there's a lot of ones and sixes in that game, probably more than I've seen in any other game. Do you have any pregame rituals or event rituals to help get the dice gods in your favor? No. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh uh, so, you know, you had your two lists here. So let's actually get into what you were running. And I know the the one NCU list got a lot of buzz, um, but you were also, your second list was running the Bastard Girls with Vargo Hote, another unit of Bastard Girls just naked, right? And then two Zorse Riders, uh, the Stormcrow Skirmishers, and then you went with Roos uh, Bolton and Walder Frey as your NCUs. Yep. And how many games did you reel that out for, that particular list? So that, that ended up being uh, my first three games. I When I design lists for tournaments, I have a tendency to mark my... I'll, I'll go through, I'll put the like the name of the commander on the list, and then I'll um, abbreviate all of the scenarios that I'm planning on playing that list for. Mm-hmm. And then I'll kind of cater two lists to pair up well. See, that's so smart because I go through and I make silly names for mine and then I'm going through and being like, what the heck is this? Like, it's a great pun, but I don't know exactly what this list was. What uh, game modes were you hoping to play the the Bastard Girls Vargo on and and you ended up playing on? Uh, Scenarios where I don't have to sit around and cap points. Um, Mm -hmm. So the 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 Ramsey and... um, one NCU list is has more combat units and is slower and generally meant to just kind of get places and sit there. It's tankier. It can actually maintain that. And Ramsey had an interesting shift in play style from uh, first to, well, when I was technically not in second edition, but from pre-2021 to 2021, he used to be a super hyper-aggressive commander. Now he's super not aggressive and he's very much the opposite. It plays into his healing a lot more. Where the Vargolist wants to get around the board, like almost the entire list is speed six, very fast, um, has lots of ways to get even faster with Walder having access to the maneuver zone anytime I want it and uh have special rules and things like that um that list like the the basic gist of that list i guess is um the way old ramsey used to be played so mm-hmm. he used to have that start around attack card and then i transitioned it over to fargo and bastard girls can abuse that particular card more so than maybe any other unit in the game so to end the first round typically we'll I'll get like a, a solid march up on a Near the bastard girls near the end of the first round, hopefully within 14 inches to be able to shoot something, and then end of round Walder. They can't stop the free attack because Walder just does Waldery things. Oh yeah, uh, which lets me shoot and hopefully charge. And then if I know I'm starting round two, even if it's going to be a long bomb charge, I'll take it. Uh, and then if I fail the charge, I'm going to be in range to start the second round by shooting and charging again uh, and getting in there and. And that's all assuming I don't draw uh, Careless Aggression, Vargo's new start-around attack. So frequently, that list is built to end a round by shooting and charging, starting a new round by shooting and charging, and then they get their NCU activation, and then that Bastard Girl unit can potentially even do it again. And if I happen to draw the issue commands, I could even trigger the order again to shoot charge again. And are you just usually trying to nuke a, like their their highest dealing uh, damage dealing unit? Or are you just like you just pick something you're like that's the thing that's going to get deleted? It's going. Uh, I'll pick whatever I think has the best chance of dying. Generally, okay. I want to get behind them. It's super important that a bastard girl unit cracks the unit, gets 
through the other side and forces them to have to turn around because that's when the, the Zorse riders turn on. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, double Zorse too. Oof. Yeah, they were, they've always been kind of mediocre. I mean, they had niche lists um, where you really had to, I mean, like Rob Commander or something, any kind of commander mm-hmm. take advantage of their retreat mechanics. You could probably play them in prior to the point drop, but now that there's six points, you can just kind of play them anywhere and they'll be good. They're just, they're self-sufficient at this point. And then you got to the final table here and it was um, with Brett. And, you know, take us through maybe your game with Brett. Now you're both players that have a reputation for representing yourselves, but also like the hobby really well. What was it like at the top table? Was there banter going on here? What was that? What was the whole scene? Oh yeah, of course. I mean, it, it was a, honestly like a super chill, super fun game. Um, we're both pretty familiar, I think. I mean, humble brag, I guess, but both <laughs> at being at, at the top table in this particular game system. So neither of us were super like sweating it or whatever. I mean, if you lose, you lose. What? It's not a big deal. Right. If that's the worst thing going on in your life, you've got a pretty good life. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I, I, I was really happy to be playing against Brett in the last round. I was looking forward to playing against him in general, and, and it was even better to kind of put it in the last round for the finals. Um, and especially because uh, he kind of got the shaft on Friday, um, unrelated, but uh, that kind of bothered me. So I wanted to make sure to keep the game as close as possible and uh, make sure that we were both going home with hardware after that one. Fantastic. So uh, you, you show up the table then, is then, and at what point do you think Brett knew you were run your one NCU list? Did you, did you drop it down? Was it a surprise for him? Um, and what were you putting it into? What were you playing into? Do you remember? I, I played it into his Jon Snow double ranger hunter list. Okay. Uh, and that's played. a three NCU, right? That's awful. Eamon Bowen. Yep. Yep. And um, yeah, his list was is certainly the high damage. I mean, his list is almost the is basically the Night's Watch equivalent of my Vargo list. Um, two of those super hyper aggressive high damage output units that can attack multiple times in an activation, um, plus commander cards to make them do it even more. Um, so it would have it would have been an interesting game had I played my Vargo list, but I it also would have very likely ended up one sided one one way or the other. Um, and, and what game mode was it? It was Game of Thrones. Okay. So. Game of Thrones is for sure one of the things that I built that Ramsey list for. I unfortunately messed up a little bit in my deployment, which kind of hurt a lot. But aside from that, I was very comfortable running that list into Game of Thrones against his Jon Snow list. And so can you maybe walk us through that list? Like if you want, if, if someone was listening and they want to try this out at home, like on their kitchen table or at their game store, you know, how might they go about piloting this, this Ramsey Snow list you have here where you've got your House Bolton cutthroats with Ramsey Snow, Theon Greyjoy in it. Then you've got a House Bolton Blackguard, uh, Blackguard unit, a House Bolton cutthroat unit, and then House Bolton Flaidmen and Bastard Girls. And then you've got Stormcrow Mercenaries with Jack and Hagar. And then you've got one singular NCU, Roos Bolton. What's the thought, the theory behind this, and how, how do you pilot it? I have been running that list for a while, though prior to the recent, and I guess it's been like a month or two now, um, with that recent wave of errata, I actually ran the list with two units of Stormcrows. Ramsey and Reek were in a second unit of Stormcrow Mercs back when Reek actually cost a point, and mm-hmm. that was where I took my discount was on Reek. And while I was doing that, I was more comfortable with that list in Game of Thrones because the Stormcrows are not particularly high damage output. Um, so I would just throw them on the two corner objectives closest to me, and that's that's where they would sit for the rest of the game, generally. And then the other four units would be actually out there trying to win the game. When I swapped with the recent wave of changes and with Cutthroats getting more 
damage output and uh, rink going down to costing zero, I for sure didn't need to put the Reek and Ramsey into unit of Stormcrowmers anymore because I just didn't get the adaptive bonus anymore. So that was a right. that, that'd be a waste. Um, so he got thrown into some cutthroats, and then I was thinking I might use him a little more aggressively. Unfortunately, <laughs> I put him um, on the rocks and at the table when I was thinking about that. <laughs> and the other major thing that he's supposed to be out there doing, and they're, well, the reason you can kind of, or one of the reasons you can get away with one NCU is issue commands and the ability to recur it uh, in the control deck. But I mean, he basically acts like the second NCU, but rather than interacting with the tactics board, he just goes and sits on an objective and then yells orders at people for the rest of the game. And those typical targets are the Flame and the Bastard Girls, because those are my two damage dealers. And getting free charges or free attacks on those units can be pretty clutch. Aside from that, I, I like balanced lists, so I, a little bit of everything appeals to me more than like the triple Flayman popular belief. Um, mm-hmm. Sure, you might win certain matchups really well with a list like that, but you're also going to lose certain matchups. Okay. That you, like, I, don't, I don't know. I like having flexibility. Yeah, and so Jack and Hagar. So you know, with the shift from the commanders being you know uh, two point capping pieces. Um, with the change to how you know scenarios are played out, um, what role did you see him playing in this list? Um, yeah, that that lost some of its value, admittedly. Uh, but, but like I said earlier, the neutral deck does have issue commands, so that's an added bonus. And the other thing is the three point and attachments are just generally popular right now. Mm-hmm. If I can manage to target a three point attachment unit and then steal their relentless. Um, it's just kind of a nice trade. <laughs> I mean, he's primarily there for for uh, commander insurance, and even on like fire and blood and things like that, where your commander just does more than exist. Like just the fact that he's on the table means you have more value. So you're kind of trying to prove a point here and go out and maybe do something different. And you know, I admire that. That's that's really fun. Do you think that this? style of one NCU play can translate over to other factions as well? Or is it just so contingent on issue orders? Uh, not all factions can do it. I, I do agree with the general internet on that. And maybe if they can, you technically could do it, just like you could technically could run zero NCUs, but it would be boring. I've run zero NCU lists, and, and I have won games with zero NCUs, and it's boring, so <laughs> don't, don't recommend. Um, I mean, one of the best parts of this game is using the tactics for it, so taking it out of the game just decreases the fun of the game. But so the factions that I think do have the possibility are factions that don't require multiple tactics board synergies for their cards. Um, mm. So free folk flat out don't have synergies outside of occasionally needing the horses uh, for endless hordes. Yeah. Uh, neutrals only synergize off of the letters and Night's Watch actually synergize off nothing. Um, but at the same time, the NCUs and kind of how they function, the more elite your stuff, the more value you get out of having your elite things do more stuff. Yeah. So with New- Night's Watch being an elite faction, um, despite the fact that they don't have any tech sports synergies, they might not be the best choice for single NCU. Well, so my, my buddy yeah. Colin has been trying to run, you know, Free Folk, and he was trying to think, and he's saying, hey, I think, you know, there might be something with Mag the Mighty, with the Chieftain Orders, for example, like has start of Mag the Mighty's activation. He may re- replace his action with one friendly giant unit in long range perform one's attack. That sounds like the same synergy you're talking about here. It's basically intercept orders, except on, albeit on like a much, much more expensive miniature uh, or a unit. Yeah. 
So looking for those sorts of things where you can pass off an activation or, you know, an action to someone else. Yeah, that's crossed my mind for the mag list. Um, I don't think it works in the mag list, honestly. So it's too, too, too much of an investment in that single model. You want that miniature like out there, like crushing stuff, not like sitting in a corner. Yeah. And that's kind of inherent in just that particular card in general. Like your best model on the table, you don't want to have sitting around doing nothing. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Magna Mighty list is interesting and I, I enjoy playing it on occasion. I don't think it's the most competitive free folk list by any stretch. So how how uh, you know how much does the internet have to hate on it until suddenly you're like, that's it. I'm bringing Mag Adepticon 2023. Here we go. Oh, I'll bring Mag. I, I put him in. The- <laughs> All right. Sweet. All right. <laughs> I don't like his commander version as much. I did consider yeah, I gotcha. As a nine pointer, as just a general nine point used like in any list. He is generally quite useful um, and very good for nine points, in my opinion. Maybe something we see you we see you break out in the future. So you know, how do you how do you approach testing and refining lists, right? As someone who takes these lists to competitive play, do you do how many like iterations on lists do you do and, and play them, or do you do most of like as theory crafting? Like, where do you spend the majority of your time, like pushing stuff around the table and being like, uh, or like in generating your list? Mm, no, I spend a lot of time looking at in list building. Um, okay. Generally, come up with synergies that i find particularly cute and then theme lists around them interesting okay i being a neutral player i i like using my neutral stuff and storm crow dervishes for instance kind of they kind of suck in neutrals <laughs> um mm. they don't suck but they're they're just not great in neutrals proper but outside of neutrals they have some really really fun play and some of like what i think are some of the best lists and the the talk about the tully commander dervish list just came up recently um and that that list is pretty abusive in the right scenario. Yeah, Tully Commander has set for charge, um, which gives you the free attack when you get charged. And then the Dervishes have um, whatever it is, Swift Strike. So <clears throat> you can set for charge. They charge you, you set for charge, you attack them uh, before you get attacked. And then since you have Swift Strike, you can retreat before they actually get to resolve their attack. And then the Starks have at- access to the... Uh, <laughs> Cranox Survivalist, I think it is, which gives them Elusive Escape and Pathfinder, I want to say. So they charge you, you attack them, you retreat to their flank. They can't pivot because you have Elusive Escape. They get weakened. Now you can charge their flank, and then you Swift Strike again, and you can now Swift Strike behind them. They charge you, and the end result is you end up in their rear, then they're facing the wrong way. Um, And then since... Starks have Sansa, you can, as soon as you find that first yep. charge, you can just keep doing it over and over again. Good lord. Yeah, that's brutal. <laughs> that one's kind of fun. There's, there was a Free Folk one that I was really excited to try, swapping attachments nonsense. Yep. Uh, I came up with a really fun combination that I was going to do with Harma on that one. I still might run that one for Gen Con. I haven't quite decided or not, but... Ooh, okay. We might have, you might be having a follow-up conversation with you down the line then. <laughs> Maybe. I, I do still want to have my neutrals take a major event. So I might bring okay. that but, well, we'll, we'll be rooting for you. What do you hope for the future for Song of Ice and Fire? Any, uh, you know, particular factions you're excited for, things you hope to see in the game? Uh, I mean, the stuff that's coming up, I'm excited about. I, the Martells are fun to see. Um, I, yeah, there's, there's a lot coming. I've, I've been waiting for Golden Company and more neutrals. Neutrals haven't gotten much lately so it's exciting to see the golden company waves especially from 
Actually, I don't know what's been spoiled yet. <laughs> I could run you up a list here, but well, yeah, we got a lot of cool things coming for sure. Are you, yeah. you painting any stuff? I remember, I think, right, the last time you came out of, gosh, it's been a while, but I think you had some like purplish Lannisters you were working on. Is that right? Any stuff uh, you got on the painting table recently? Yeah, they're in reddish purplish Lannister. I mean, I do not have those guys anymore. Um, they have moved on to a, a better home. But that's okay. They were Lannisters anyway. <laughs> yeah, I never, I did not play them many times. Maybe <laughs> Well, you thinking of a, so you're mostly playing neutral now. Any other factions you're thinking about picking up and collecting, or has your collection uh, maybe already grown to incorporate a few factions? Um, I mean, Free Folk is, I, I'm playing and own most all Free Folk. Um, God, how fun are Free Folk in this version? <laughs> I, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoy them. I'm trying to get off my crutches with them. I I pretty much always run uh, Mance and Torment. Yeah, Man, Mance is a huge is a huge crush. So I'm not playing him anymore at the moment because I mean he is for sure one of the best commanders in the game right now, and um, which is why I decided not to bring him to NFTCon. But I, some of the other ones, Torment Torment you don't see as often, but I think he also has really strong play. Um, yes, I agree. And then some some of the tricks I've been bumping into with Farmer recently. I'm pretty excited about her. Rattle shirt I'm actually super excited about finally because yes. he's, he's been so bad for so long that now that he's got his his toys that actually make him tick, I think he's got some I played a few very casual games with him recently and it was it was delightful. I've been having a blast, man, with chariots. I think that's like the 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 MVPs for me having the most fun zipping those around. <laughs> they they are good. I I acknowledge that they're good. I think that they are um, overhyped. Honestly, I, I find them to be just as much of a liability as I find them an asset. That's true. For me, it's just nice having something with like a maneuverability <laughs> where I'm like, oh, like I get a, 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 a calf unit now. Yeah, getting it and that's I mean, to that point, getting the bear calf too. Um, oh, yeah. Have you run them much? Yeah. But, I mean, that's what I'm saying with Rattleshirt. Rattleshirt with the bears is just super strong. Very, very happy about those guys being in existence for Rattleshirt. All right. Um, I, did, I haven't played them yet. I brought them to a game and they, they weren't finished painting and I ended up switching my list to use all my painted stuff. Not that it really matters, but that's on my list of things to, to experiment with. Yeah, when you've got 16 wounds in a single unit, the more you can uh, pile those Rattleshirt attachments on there, the more fun they get. So That's true. That is also 16 wounds, then they have to be healed back up, though. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of wounds. I guess if they're not getting taken too much damage, though, it's okay. And Rattleshirt will help with that. You get some more defensive buffs on there, too. Right. Man, yeah, I don't know. I'm super excited. I'm really pleased with where things are right now, and I'm, I'm looking forward for all these new units coming out and how it's going to shake things up. I think we might be living in kind of a golden spot here of uh, a Song of Ice and Fire gameplay, especially since around the world, too. Things are starting to open up in a lot of places. We're seeing a lot more tournaments come back. CMON organized play is kicking up. Uh, this should be hopefully a great year and a good rebuilding year for the community. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, just in general, I mean, having uh, game stores and everything kind of laxing, I mean, just the world in general, getting back yeah. to go out and play um, should for sure help to have me. Well, thank you so much for coming on to talk about your experience here. We're gonna we're gonna see if we can have uh, people out there, you know, mess around with that that one NCU list. And you're specifically running that on Game of Thrones, and you're using that for Feast of Crows as well. Yeah, the Bolton list is definitely strong for Feast of Crows as well. And that same similar kind of thing where lots of objectives end up on the table, where you just kind of pop a squad. Having you like even the weaker units, that's still generally twelve wounds that can score and deal damage. Yeah. And you've got units like the Blackguards that are really defensible. Like they're not going to get like blown off the table easily. Same thing with the Flayed Men. And then you've got Cutthroats that can punch up. 
And you got your bastard girls that can really spike some damage. Yep. Yeah. So it's a pretty good mix. You can threaten in a lot of ways too. Is there yep. other particular lists that you would like certainly not drop that into that you're like, oh, if I saw that across the table, you're like, I'm not putting that down. That I mean, that list is pretty all comery. I mean, just flexible. Um, I'm generally quite happy putting that list on the table. I mean, I also run, I mean, it's also Mance, because, I mean, Mance can just kind of do whatever the hell he wants. But <laughs> I run one NCU Mance as well, and a couple other free folks. Interesting. Okay. Well, what NCU do you run with Mance? Steer. Okay. That makes sense. I play hmm. a lot of the... I mean, I I play to leverages bubble, bubble pretty heavily. Um, yep. And because of that, I take a lot of the jank units that benefit the most from the bubble. And so they just need that extra damage buff. And when I can get it wherever I need it, then it's significantly valuable. Interesting. Okay. Well, so what do you, yeah, what is a, what does a, a typical man's list look like for you these days? <laughs> almost identical to what it was in 2019. Oh, really? Are you serious? Yeah, it's almost identical. I mean, aside from the fact that, uh, Raiders are more expensive, so it's just slightly, I mean, they're kind of more expensive. Um, so there's slightly less of them, but uh, my current my current man's list, I think, is five units of Raiders. I think it's five, five units of Raiders, a unit of, yeah, I should actually probably look at my list. Uh, a unit of um, Fens with Mance in it, two units of Trappers, and Steer. And then, wow, okay, that is very old school of you, yeah. Yeah. But you've always been a player that's been really uh, smart about your positional play and like understanding how to like control the battlefield. I think that's definitely where like you're it's clear, like, you know, I, I feel like I definitely um, although actually I did get better. I remember just like being like when you came on the podcast last being like, I'm just going to run his list. And like the first few games didn't go well. I slowly started getting better at it. But I guess that also helped me get more used to being like really focusing on like positional play. Um yeah. I think sometimes I oftentimes think about like the combos and how I can do X, Y, Z to the enemy. And I remember in our first episode with you, you talked about like, um, you know, how fast you're getting up on certain objectives and just like getting there, sitting there, and then you're doing all your other stuff and being like, okay, I got to play scenario first with free folk. And um, that was really helpful. That was for sure true in 2019 when they just had little to no damage output. Uh, Now they, I mean, there's ways you can definitely play them. And for the longest time they had that, Uber broken steer attachment. Yes, um, <laughs> the man's crutch. That, that was a. I remember I didn't play Steyr as like a commander for like a good couple of months because it was just like, nope, taking the NCU. What are you talking about? Oh yeah, he was basically unplayable as a commander because he had the, as an attachment. Right? And the commander wasn't bad. It was just you know the NCU was so good. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty much. I mean him and then the the crazy crazy broken skin changers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I stopped playing free folk for like a solid year and a half or something while that all existed because like I didn't want to play free folk without those things, but it felt like they needed those things. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, it feels so much better now. Like, you know, I'm having so much fun. I'm like moving my commander around and scoring points, like switching units if I need to and, and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, spiking through my damage. And now with chariots flying around, uh, messing around with that, I mean, like suddenly I'm like, wow, I can, I can zip over to points or I can extend my threat in ways that I couldn't do before. It just, it really feels fun. I'm, I'm having a blast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The free folk, like they're, they're probably with coordinated tactics or coordination tactics or whatever the hell it's called. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Teamwork. The, yeah. That, that card so strongly it like pushes for a flexible list that has a little bit of everything. Cause 
the more different stuff you have, the stronger that card gets. Because when you share those abilities, you don't want two units that are identical. You want two units that are totally different. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, and I don't know. I just think that's like it fits the the idea of what I want to be playing, and it's you know fun and actually like I'm not I'm doing much better with it, so that's more fun too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, well, you know, uh, thank you so much for coming on. And, uh, you know, I'll have to pick your brain about uh, what other uh, free folk sort of things you've got going. Maybe you can talk me through some some bear rider tips in the future here. Yeah, for sure. All right. And in the meantime, we hope we get your miniatures on the table.